This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Oh, good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Doing all right? Well, I got a question as we get started today and we get into this series that we've been in looking at these encounters that we can have with Jesus and how it can speak to our life. But can you reflect on a moment in your life where you felt like you had it all? Like there was just this moment, like the sun was shining, the birds were singing, and you just kind of looked at the, like your life and you're like, it is great. This is everything I ever needed. My life is complete. Have you, have you ever had a moment like that? Some of us are like, it was a long time ago, but like, <laughs> like, can you think of that? I remember realizing she was in a moment like that. Her eyes were lit up and sparkling, and you could just tell that she thought she had it all. And and it was our youngest daughter, and I'd, I'd gone in to wake her up from her nap. And she's like less than two years old, and she's just in her little crib, her eyes glowing, and she's got two pacifiers in her mouth <laughs> and one in each hand. And I just saw this moment, and I'm like, she is balling. Like, she's living large. Like, she's just like, it can't get any better than this. And I just remember looking at this moment, and I was torn as a parent because, like, I, I was one of those parents before we had kids who thought you knew everything about kids. And so I'm, like, never going to do the pacifier thing. Like, no, because, like, you know, you hear all the stories. And then our oldest daughter, like, she just didn't need it. She was, like, a self-soothing kid. It was like, oh, thank you. And we were like, why is this parenting thing so hard? And then we had our other daughter. And we're like, oh, this is why they write all the books. And, and so that's where, like, like the, the, the pacifier, like the bink or the num-num, like, do you, do you have names for those? Like, we, yeah, Mr. Binks, Binks, num-num, whatever they were, right? Like, like we're like, we, like, we need this, this is going to save our life. But I knew the challenge was going to be for her later on in life, will she let this thing go? And I just remember looking at her in this moment and just my heart towards her, like, oh, you don't have a clue. Like, you think life is so great, but there's so much more of life. And I remember as, as we were trying to help her transition out of that, we were, we were out one day as a family, and we got in Jamba Juice. And I remember she was staring at me holding this thing in my hand, and she could tell I was enjoying it. And I just remember she was looking at me, and I just said, like, Brooklyn, do, do you want some of this? It's really good. And she's just looking at me, and I'm like, I'll tell you what. If you give me your bink, I'll give you some Jamba Juice. Oh, the struggle, the intensity, like, like you could just tell like her, like she was just like, ah, I think I want this thing, but I don't know if I want to give this thing. And there was this tension within her. What, was she going to let go of this thing that she thought was so amazing to grab hold of something new? Man, we do that in life, don't we? Like, it's so easy for us to grab onto things in the moment, even good things. And to somehow think, this is the sum total of my happiness. Like, life could not get any better than this. Like, somehow everything that I want is connected to this thing that I'm holding on to, this thing that I'm gripping, that this is essential to my happiness, whether it's my understanding of my identity or my purpose or the value I experience in life. And, and I think when we grab onto those things, whatever they are, there's this deep-seated feeling that we have that this is what will fulfill us. And sometimes I think we hold on to them like a little kid holds on to their pacifier. Like this is what I need. I mean, can you think of something like that in your life today? You're like, I don't want to think about it now if you're saying it's a pacifier, right? But can you think of something in your life today that, that you're just holding on to? 
that seems so essential, so important. And let me ask you this question, what if? What if Jesus were to show up and invite you into something new with him and he were to say, I want you to let go of that so you can grab hold of something even better? What would you do? We've been in this series the last couple of weeks called Close Encounters of the Epic Kind because we've been taking a look at these moments where people encounter Jesus and it's a life-changing reality for them. Like when Jesus shows up in the story, there's this invitation that he's always giving to follow him into life. Like Jesus said, I came to give you life, life to its fullest. And every time somebody encounters Jesus, it's this opportunity for their life to be changed forever because when you encounter Jesus, he can change your story. But the question is, will we let him? Will we let him lead us into the life that he has for us? Because he can change our lives forever. Like he can change our eternal destiny if, if we're willing to let him lead us into the life he has for us. If we're willing to respond to what he wants to do in our story. To grab hold of the new that he has for us as we walk with him. And so today we're going to take a look at an encounter that we're going to see between this guy that's just looking for something in his life. And he's coming to Jesus to see if Jesus can help him figure it out. And yet we're going to see him struggling with a moment of surrender in his own story. And as we look at his story, I want us to be willing to look at our story today too. And to wonder, Jesus, are there areas of my life that I'm struggling with this idea of surrender that maybe you have more for me than what I've grabbed onto? And am I willing to trust you with what you have for me? And so I don't know where you're at in your story. I don't know if you're just here visiting and checking things out. And if you are, I'm so glad that you're with us. And, and as, you're, as you're hanging today, I just want you to know that there's a God who is for you. He has a life for you. He loves you so much. He sent his son into this world to invite you into something new. And maybe what you just need to hear today is that Jesus has something for you. If you're willing to listen, you might hear his voice today. And maybe you're here and you've been like, I've been, I've been around this thing for a long, long time. And what I want you to know is he always has more life for you if we're willing to listen to what he has. And so let's get ready to, to lean in to see what we can discover about this for ourselves. But I, I just want to pray as we jump into this and, and invite a posture of willingness to listen to what maybe God has for us today. And so, Lord, we want to come into this moment with hands that are open, even if they're trembling, with, with, with a heart that's willing to say, okay, I, I want the life that you have for me, but would you help me see it? Would you help me grab onto it? Would you give us ears to hear today the things that you want to Tell us, because when, when, when you speak life to us, when you speak truth to us, it's because you have something more for us. You want to lead us more fully into freedom today. And so would you give us the courage to wrestle with you in this place? In your name, amen. Amen. All right, so let's jump into the story. It takes place in Mark's account of the life of Jesus. And, and it's a story that's told in a, a couple of the different stories of the life of Jesus. But I love the way Mark captures it for us. And so I want to jump in and just walk through this and, and invite us to see what we can learn for our stories today as we look at this guy and Jesus in this encounter. And so we read this in Mark 10, verse 17. It says, as, as Jesus was starting on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's kind of a big question, right? Like, like here's a guy that, that grew up with belief in God, who grew up with his own faith journey, and now he's running towards Jesus, and he's like, hey, what, what do I have to do to make sure that I'm good with God? What must I do to make sure that I can have the life that God wants to give me? And it's a brilliant question. I think it's an honest question. I think it's a question that, that many of us come to Jesus and wonder at times, and, 
And what's interesting is that this isn't the only time Jesus was asked this question. Many times Jesus would get this question. And, and there's another account in John's account of life of Jesus in John 6 where, where Jesus is talking with this crowd of people. And they're like, well, what do we have to do to do the things that God wants from us? And, and Jesus answers the question in that moment by simply saying, this is the only thing God requires. Believe in the one he has sent. And the point that Jesus is making when he says that, like he's, he's basically saying in that moment, believe, believe in me. Like, put your trust in me. Trust what I've come to do for you, that I've come to be enough for you, that you don't have to strive or earn or dance or jump through the hoops, that there's a God who's for you that sent me in the story to bring you into life with him. And when we believe in him, when we put our trust in Jesus, I'm saying, Jesus, I give my life to you. I trust you with my story that you're enough for me, and now I'm going to follow you into that life. And so that's where Jesus answered the question in that moment. And yet we're going to see him engaging with this guy in a different way because there's something going on in this guy's story that Jesus is aware of that he wants to help him understand and help lead him into freedom from it. And so he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus responds, well, why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. And here's how you know you're talking with a good teacher because they start to ask you questions. And here's the point of what Jesus is saying with this. Bro, who do you think I am? Like, who do you think I am that you would come and ask me this question? Because if you think I'm just a teacher, then you might take my advice or you might not. But if you think I'm more than that, are you really willing to listen to me? Are you really willing to hear what I have to say today? So who, who do you think I am? But then Jesus goes on to, to wrestle with them in his question. He says, but to answer your question... You know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. And so here's Jesus bringing this guy to, to a shared belief that they would have had together in, in what would be called like the Old Testament law. Like this is Jesus quoting some of the Big Ten. Do you know the Big Ten? Have you ever heard of the Big Ten? Like the Ten Commandments, right? And, and so the first four of those have to deal with our relationship with God and and then the other six, which are the ones Jesus is referencing here, have to do with our relationships with one another. And it's interesting that Jesus brings them to these things as he's wrestling with the question. Because essentially what Jesus is saying, here's like the basics of what God would want from us. Like don't be somebody that does this to another person. Be different. Do things differently. And so here's the guy wrestling with these things that Jesus is calling him to. And, and look at his response. Well, teacher, the man replied. I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And stop and just think what this, is guy, what this guy's wrestling with here in this moment with Jesus. He's saying, well, what do I have to do to be right with God? And Jesus is like, well, let's just look at the law because that's something that God showed us. And here's this guy saying, but I've done that. I've, I've, I've lived up to all of that. Something's still missing, Jesus. Like, like that in and of itself isn't enough. Like I'm hungering for something more beyond that. And it's fascinating as you, as you kind of press into this guy as he's wrestling with it. Because I, I don't know about you, but when I'm having a really, really bad day, that's when I know I need help. That's when I know I need Jesus. And yet here's a guy arguably living the best kind of life he knows how. He's having a really good day, yet he knows he still needs something more. Which is fascinating to me to realize, oh, good people need Jesus too. Like we all need Jesus. 
And so here's this guy having potentially lived a, a good life by the standards that we would have all said. And yet he's like, but Jesus, there's something else I need. Like, what, what is it that's missing? And I just, I love that this guy is leaning in. Jesus, help me understand this. I, I want to know what, what it means to live the life I was created for. And so Jesus responds and says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And there's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. So catch this as Jesus is engaging with this guy. Catch this. Jesus sees him. Like he looks at him and he sees, like he sees him, like he really understands who this guy is and what's going on in this guy's story. He gets what's happening in this moment. And he loves him. So whatever Jesus is about to say to this guy is coming from a place of totally understanding him and completely loving him. So whatever he's about to say in this moment is because he is so for this guy. He so wants to invite this guy into the life that he has for him. And so Jesus says this to him. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. And this is such a fascinating moment, such a fascinating encounter, because I I look at what Jesus is saying to this guy, and he's like, okay, you really want to inherit this eternal life? Do you really want this life that I have? Then I want you to follow me into that life. Follow me because I've come to do something for you. I've come to be the thing that you're looking for. I've come to do for you what no one else can. I've come to lead you into this life, but you need to recognize there's something that's holding you back from it right now. And I want to meet you in that place. I want to wrestle this out with you because I have a life for you. But there's something getting in the way. And what's the guy's response? I don't know if I can do that. He's holding on to his pacifier. He's holding on to the thing that he thinks will make him happiest. And he's wrestling with Jesus in this moment. And I got to be honest, as I look at a story like this, I, I kind of wrestle with what's going on in the story here too. Because I'm, I'm kind of like, like what, why, why doesn't Jesus just simply say to him, well, just follow me. Follow me and then you'll figure it out in time. Why does he say this thing first and then follow me? And, and I think the reason why is because Jesus understands that there's something that's actually holding this guy back from being able to do it. Like Jesus understands this guy. He understands what's going on in this moment. He knows what's getting in the way of this guy's journey of his story. And guess what? This guy actually knows it too. And the the reason we know that Jesus knows what's getting in the way is because of what Jesus says to him. And the reason we know this guy knows that it's getting in the way is because of how he responds to Jesus. He walks away. And I I wrestle with this because he walks away and Jesus actually lets him walk away. Like he he doesn't chase him down and say, oh, dude, okay, was that too hard? Like was that too much to ask? He he, he lets him walk away. And and I think one of the reasons I actually wrestle with the story is because it just doesn't seem like Jesus is all that concerned with this guy's right now happiness. It seems as if maybe Jesus is concerned with something greater in this guy's story in this moment. 
And I wrestle with that because I don't know about you, but I'm very concerned about my right now happiness. How about you? And like so often in my journey, in my story, I'm like, Jesus, can you make me happy? Here's how I want to be happy. Can you sign off on this? And I think a lot of times Jesus is like, Joel, I really can't because that's not actually the path to life. That's not actually your true fulfillment. I have something greater for you than that. I actually want to maybe disrupt what you think makes you happy right now so that I could lead you into something greater if you'll let me. And that's the wrestle in this moment. Because maybe there's times where Jesus is willing to challenge what we think is so great today. Because he actually has something better for us, greater for us. And here's what's interesting. Because he loves us, I think he's totally willing to disrupt what we think is happiness now to lead us into something that will ultimately be for our good. So will we trust him with that? Will we walk with him in that moment? And so as this guy is wrestling with this, he walks away. And what's so amazing is he doesn't embrace the life that Jesus is offering him because he thinks that what he's holding on to in the moment is greater. And I look at that and it forces me just to ask the question for myself, like, just where do I do that with you? Like, where do I hold on to something in this world that I think is so great, it's so important to me, that when you call me to follow you, I'm not always willing to go with you because I'm holding on to this instead? How about you? You ever done that? You can nudge the person next to you if you don't want to answer that. <laughs> but I think it's easy to, to, to wrestle with that, isn't it? Because I like to define happiness right now. And yet if Jesus is really good and really looking out for me, I think he's willing to say, Joel, there's something better. There's something greater. Would you be willing to let go of that and follow me into what I have for you? And so here it is. The guy walks away. And Jesus then turns to his followers because he wants to help them understand there's a, there's a moment here. There's a teaching thing. I don't want you to miss what's happening in this moment. And he begins to say this then to his followers. And Jesus looked around and, and he said to his disciples, Oh, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. And this amazed them. Because again, from their perspective, this guy has it all. This guy's living the good life. Like, like it should be, if anyone should have it easy, it should be him. Not the guy who's struggling with his, his mess and his issues. Like this guy should have it all figured out. So this amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it's very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And again, I'm like, Jesus, what are you talking about? And yet I think what Jesus is wanting them to understand is that there is a God in this guy's life that's getting in the way of him finding the real God. And he's like, I want you to understand this, that that for this guy, he had made his possessions, his affluence, his God. And yet it's not fulfilling him, which is why he's coming and asking the question to Jesus. And Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to help you find the life you're looking for if you're willing to let go of this to grab onto what I want to give you. It's why when Jesus talks about money, he often says things like this, you can't serve God and money. He's like, you'll have two masters and you're going to love the one and hate the other. And here's Jesus trying to help this guy find freedom from the God that's obviously not fulfilling his life so he can find the life that he's looking for. And here's the thing. Jesus loves this guy so much, he wants to help him find freedom. He wants to help him find freedom from what's holding him back. 
what's holding him back from stepping into the life he's actually looking for. Which means I, I think we have to maybe face some things about our own life and our own story as we wrestle with what Jesus wants to do in us and for us. Like if we're going to grab hold of the life Jesus has for us, there's going to be times that we need to let go of the things that hold us back. Because I think here's something we see in this story. We cannot grab hold of the new while we're holding on to the old. And that's not Jesus being mean. That's just basic reality. If my hands are clenched around something that I'm holding on today that seems so valuable and important, they will never be open to receive the new thing. And unless I'm willing to let go of the old, I will not be able to grab on to the new. And see, Jesus understood this. For this guy, it was his stuff, right? It was his possessions. That's what he was holding on to. That's what he was thinking was going to make him so happy and, and, and fulfill his life. And yet I think we look at this moment and we can just ask a simple question. Did this guy own his stuff or did his stuff own him? Which is why Jesus is saying, bro, be willing to let it go so you can actually grab onto the life that you're looking for. And I don't know, maybe it's similar for you. Like, I don't know what's holding you back today, but maybe it's similar for you. I mean, we're Americans. <laughs> Hello. How easy is it for us to be in that same boat? Which is why I think when Jesus wants to talk to us about things like our possessions and our money, he's always inviting us to leverage it for something greater. He's always inviting us to invest our affluence in greater things. Because did you catch what Jesus said to this guy? He, he, he told him, hey, take it and, and give it away to the poor so that you will have what? Treasure in heaven. Like he's actually saying, I want you to leverage this so you can have a greater life and then you'll be freed up to come and follow me because you won't be controlled by this stuff anymore. It will actually be a life of freedom. And I think Jesus talks to us a lot about that when it comes to especially our stuff because I think there's something he wants to lead us into freedom from so we can experience the life he has for us. Which is why it's amazing when we begin to actually take what we have and leverage it in this world for things greater than what just ourselves. Jesus will always invite us to invest our affluence in greater things. And some beautiful things begin to happen when we're willing to do that. Like one of the things that begins to happen when we're willing to take what we have and share it and invest it in other things and to the things that God is doing, one of the things that begins to happen is we actually begin to be people who grow in generosity. Like we actually begin to be people who aren't owned by our stuff, but we can take our stuff and use it for the benefit of other people. And how many of you love it when you experience another person's generosity in your life? Like I've been out and about and I've just had somebody like, here's a meal, I'm going to buy the meal for you. Thank you. One of you is in the room right now. I remember that moment. And it's it, like our family where it's in a dark moment and you just poured life into us. Thank you for that. How beautiful it is when you experience generosity. Let me tell you, it's equally beautiful when you get to be generous. When you get to pour out of yourself into the life of another person. And yet if you're anything like me, here's what I always say. When I have enough, then I'll be generous. And yet if we're not willing to be generous with what we have today, why on earth do I think I would be generous when I have more? <laughs> and so Jesus invites us, leverage what you have because I want to grow you in this beautiful thing called generosity. Something else that's beautiful that begins to happen when, when we begin to share out of what we have 
and invest it into the things that God wants is that we actually get to take part in helping Jesus build his movement in this world. We actually get to be a part of helping Jesus help his church grow. And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about us as a group of people. That when we collectively participate in giving so that God can do a greater work through us, you get to be a part of something bigger than yourself. I don't know if you've ever realized that. But this year, as we've been navigating the challenges of coming out of COVID, we've gotten to celebrate since the fall into the spring people that are making the choice to follow Jesus, something like 15, 16 baptisms that we've gotten to do as a church that's still trying to figure out how to get through COVID. And the amazing thing is that we're able to do that because of the collective generosity of every one of us who gives to that. And I want you to know, if if you've given to help support the work of the church, you got your name on those stories because you've helped pour into them. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to say, like, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. I, I want to be able to take what I have, whatever amount it is, big or small, and put it into the collective pot so Jesus can do something more through all of us together. We get to help him do that when we're leveraging our affluence. Something else that happens that's so amazing when we begin to do this is that we actually begin to worship God instead of our money. We actually begin to use our money as a tool of worship to God. And it's, again, it's amazing what Jesus says about this. He says that you, you're going to serve two masters. You can't do that. And one of the things that he says is that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And so when my treasure is in my stuff, my heart is bound up in the things that I own. But when I take my stuff and I offer it to God, suddenly my heart is with him and that's where my treasure is. And a beautiful thing begins to happen is that we experience freedom. This is what Jesus is helping this guy understand. There's this thing that's owning you. And if you're willing to leverage it, you'll be set free and you'll actually begin to worship this God that you're longing to find. And he'll begin to work in your story. And so here's these things that Jesus is talking about that if we want to grab onto the new, we have to be willing to let go of the old. And so for this guy in this moment, it is the reality of his stuff, his affluence, his possessions. But it's not just that issue, right? Because that is the issue in this guy's life. But let's get real. There's so much more than just money in this moment, right? This is about what's holding him back because there's all sorts of things that will hold us back in our story. I mean, have you ever been held back by something that you were holding on to because you thought, this is the thing that's going to satisfy me and make me happy? And Jesus is like, no, no, let that go. I've got something more for you. Like maybe you're wrestling with your singleness right now and you're like, Jesus, I'm looking for happiness, but do I really trust you with what you're calling me to and how I do relationship? Am I willing to let go of how I want to do it and trust what you have for me because I believe you actually have something better for me? Hmm. Some of you, like, you're in a tough marriage right now. And it's like, Jesus, it would just be so easy to throw in the towel. And yet maybe what Jesus is saying, though, I want you to commit. Because I actually have something better for you if you're willing to stay the course and trust me what I can do in that relationship. Let go of the desire to just quit so you can grab on to the hope that I can do something new in that relationship for you. See how this principle applies to so many things in our life? It's not just money, though Jesus is dealing with money in this moment. And it it constantly causes me to have to step back and say, Jesus, what's holding me back today? 
Like, what am I holding on to that's preventing me from saying yes to you? And am I willing to let you come and speak into my life in this area and then trust you with it? That you actually might have something greater for me if I'm willing to let it go. Because whatever, whatever it is that holds us back today, the question is, will we trust him when he says, I've got something greater? Here's the jamba juice. <laughs> and will I be willing to say, Jesus, I choose you, even though I'm wrestling with this. I choose you because I believe that ultimately I will find my greatest life because of you, even though in this moment it's hard. So I wonder what would have happened if we could have found this guy later on in his life. Because here's what I know about Jesus. He's never going to force us to follow him. The invitation is there. This guy chose to walk away, and because Jesus loved him, he let him walk away so that he could figure out a story. But here's what I know about Jesus. If that dude came running back in five minutes, Jesus would have been like, let's do this. If that guy came running back the next day, Jesus would have said, let's do this. If that guy came running back a year from now, Jesus would have said, let's do this. And so what I wonder for this guy is if we could have found him later on in his life, and if we could have asked him this question, dude, do you think you made the right choice? As you, as you fast forward to the end of your life and you look at what you did in that moment, how you chose to hold on to your stuff, did it actually lead you into the life you were looking for? Or in that later moment in your life, would you have gone back and made a different decision? Because maybe, just maybe, Jesus knew what he was talking about. So what about you? What about me? Think about it just for a minute. Let's say we could fast forward. We could fast forward to years and years and years. Some of us, we have more time to fast forward. Some of us, not so much. But let's imagine if we could, <laughs> right? That thing we're wrestling with with Jesus today, if we could fast forward to a future moment, would we believe that maybe if I trusted him today, I would actually be better off because I trusted him to lead me into something greater? And if I could put myself into that future state and say, I wish I would have chosen him today, then maybe today I should choose him and trust him. Because what if the things that we're holding on to today that seem so necessary for our right now happiness won't seem so great then? I look at my daughter now, my, my youngest, she's a teenager, and I often wonder, what if she had never let go of her binks? Like, I mean, what if she just held on to those? You know, now she's a teenager, and she's walking around, two binks in her mouth, one in each hand, and she's like, look, my life is amazing. And, and I think we would look at that, and we kind of laugh, because we're like, how ridiculous would that be? And I wonder if, from an eternal perspective, if we could gain that view, we could look back at what we're wrestling with today and be like, it's just a num-num I know it seems so important right now, but would you be willing to let it go? What would our future self tell our today self if we could see what God wants to lead us into? And would we be willing to let it go so we could grab on to the thing he has for us? I wish I could tell you that the Jamba Juice was the ticket. 
I wish I could tell you that moment that she, that was it. She traded it in, boom, Jamba Juice for life. No, it was a journey. It was a struggle. Our oldest daughter tried to help by cutting the tip off the pacifier so it wouldn't work. Like, no, that just traumatized our youngest. Like, you, you can't force the decision for another person. But as she wrestled and struggled and wrestled and struggled, there just came a point in her story where she was like, no, I don't need these anymore. And she put it down and she began to live a bigger, greater life. And here's what I know about about God. He's so good to us that when we're wrestling, he wants to help us. I I love the disciples' response then to Jesus, to his followers' response to this when they're wrestling with what he's saying. The disciples were astounded when Jesus said these words about like how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. And Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. Like, you can't do this on your own. But not with God. Everything is possible with God. Yeah, yeah. Whoever said that, I'm really, yeah, I'm with you. Thank God. Thank God, I love this. Catch this, when it seems so difficult and hard, when it seems like it's beyond us, when it seems like it's all but impossible, it's not. Not when God is at work in the story. Not when God is at work with us. And I love what Jesus offers this guy. I love what he invites him into because it's the same invitation he offers to all of us, which is follow me. Follow me into the life you're longing for. Follow me into what I've come to do for you because it's what your soul is aching for. And I love that we can trust him with it even as we're wrestling because here's the reality. The one who's calling us to follow him is the one who loves us. You are loved. And he says, follow me because he knows you. And yet it's a journey, right? It's a struggle. We're all in process figuring it out which means that my, my choice to follow Jesus today may run into a hard moment tomorrow. But my hope is that he still says, but follow me. And as I trust him with what, what's, what he's doing in my story today, a year from now, I know there's going to be a next thing he wants to meet me with because there's greater freedom he wants to lead me into. We're all in process, so he says, follow me. Follow me. I have more life for you. And yet when we do that, when we trust him, then anything is possible in our story. Because he can lead us into the hope of something new. Because God is at work in the story. Jesus is on the scene now. He's at work in our stories. He's speaking words of truth and life to us. He's calling us into a new life with him. And as we listen and respond, trusting him with our lives today, we'll walk more deeply into that life he has for us. How many of you want more than just right now happiness? Yeah. So what are you willing to let go of today so you can grab on to what he's calling you into for a greater day to come? Oh, Jesus, we need your help. Oh, we need your help in our stories. Jesus, I know there have been so many times in my story when I come to you and I just said, is there something more? And you'll speak and you'll stir and You'll invite me to let go of something I'm holding on to. I know those moments when I trust you, I've never regretted that, but there are also moments when I haven't and I've wrestled and, and I've stepped back from you, but thank you that you've never stepped back from me. Thank you that you're always leaning towards and inviting us into it. And so wherever we're at today in our story, whatever we're struggling with, 
could we have the courage to say, I believe in you. I trust you. So help me to let go of this right now moment to grab hold of the thing you want to give me and you want to do. And so thank you that you are God who comes and invites us into life. Thank you that you are God who comes and says, I have something more for you. So would you give us the courage to say yes? The hope that you are on the move. Thank you that you don't leave us on our own to figure it out, but you speak words into our life, inviting us into more with you. Amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.